3: With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The numbers told the story, they always do. This is a numbers
5: game with Gil Alexander on Visa. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics.
6: Our number two. Right here on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. It's all brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Gil Alexander, Jeffrey Parlay is here as well. Jeffrey, uh, Twitter overrun by uh, response to the tennis picks part of this. And so everybody's like, yes, 365 days a year, 360, whatever it is, tennis picks. So here, here's the thing that we have to weigh in on this. I, I, I put out tennis picks during slams and during the 1,000s. But if I start doing it for every tournament, 500 and 250s, we will have tennis literally one-eighth of every show for the entire year and the world is not ready for tennis one-eighth of a show the entire year. Correct? You agree? Yes? As producer of this here program? Yeah,
7: yes. Uh, I, I, I do agree. Okay. I do agree. So, sorry for everyone who wants, who wants <laughs> it every strict. single
6: day. Now, I suppose I like, could just... The, the thing is, I just don't want to... Like, because some people are like, ah, just give the picks. We don't even care about this. Because some people are like, hey, we want to know the process. Well, I'm not going to give you everything on the process. But some people are like, oh, just throw up the picks. I don't want to do that. I want to talk about it.
7: Well, the other big issue too is you yeah. have a lot of tournaments that are on the other side of the world. Yeah, that's, man. That all these matches are starting—that's the best part. Yeah, that's the biggest issue.
6: So as soon as I have my eyes open in the morning, and again, I'm telling you, there's a life balance problem. I got to work out. Like, as soon as I'm, I oh, did I win in Moscow or Antwerp or Spain, Tenerife? You know, and then the, half the matches are done by the time, and then sometimes the best matches are not are already in the books while the show's going on. <laughs> betting tennis i don't know we gotta we gotta work it out maybe we'll compromise at some point is, is i guess what i'm getting at um you wanted to say something yeah
7: yeah we had some some nfl uh new uh housekeeping news Please. here uh dawson knox broke a bone in his hand Uh-oh. uh he did throw that two-point conversion with a broken bone in his hand you could tell you could tell because it was just a total flutter it was ball. like a hot
6: potato he was like yeah hey, take it. but
7: uh but that, that, that's that's big injury news for Buffalo. I haven't seen anything new on the lawn yet after uh, he was carted off uh, last night for the Titans. Uh, Baker Mayfield's getting another MRI today. Uh, the uh, Browns uh, do not believe it's season ending, uh, according to reports, which is uh, never a good sign when those phrases are uh, are uttered, Gil.
6: Let me ask you this. Yeah, Do you get a second MRI because... You don't like that the first one is unfavorable or the first one is favorable. Probably the first, right?
7: I would imagine the uh, the second one, uh, or excuse me, that the that it wasn't favorable. I should. That's say. what I mean, uh,
6: unfavorable. That's why you yeah. want a second. Uh, so
7: look, it's uh, still too still unknown for his status on Thursday night.
6: But uh, I, I'm telling you, I said it on guessing line yesterday. I don't think he's playing. If it goes, if it dislocates on its own, which is what he said in the post game presser. How can you play professional football? I know it's That's not a your throwing question. arm. I mean that was
7: Jake Trotter of ESPN who had that. Thank you, sir. Um, so uh, uh, there's it's it's yes, it's a second opinion. Uh, getting the MRI scans today. Status to be determined for Thursday's game. But look, I will say this, Gil. That is uh, one team where the backup quarterback is competent. Case Keenum is Case competent. Keenum
6: is competent. Yes. But Case, I mean, Case Keenum had that one glorious year in Minnesota. But the rest of his career is competence. Oh, you've been okay. Competence, as you said. Yeah. All right. So it is week seven. As we established yesterday, there's six teams on buys. So 13 total games. So you have a situation this Sunday where it's six early games and four late games. I like that distribution, that there's only six in the morning. So no London. Thank you. But Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, as per usual. But then 6, morning, and 4, afternoon on Sunday. And as I'll say it again, on Guessing Lines yesterday, that's was one of the few times in the decade that Chrissy and I have done Guessing Lines where we look at each other at the end of the show and go, I don't really like anything. <laughs> like we just had to sort of search for leans. What do you, you and Wes Reynolds, Stealth Alliance, Weekend Warriors in these contests, what do you think you'll be suggesting to Wes? Jeff is just shaking his I, head. I,
7: this is going to be one of those weeks where I inevitably suggest one of those giant favorites. like, like here's let's take Arizona and Houston, for example, Gil. let's <laughs> just start there. yeah, <laughs> because that feels like the one where I'd be most likely to do it, even though it's the biggest number and may end up being the biggest number of the whole year. Good all said and done. What's the scenario where Houston plays that game within 17? I
6: mean, I don't know. Houston, I mean, Arizona didn't exactly blow out the Niners, right? Yeah,
7: but the Niners at least have really good defensive players still. And it's a divisional game. There's some familiarity there. Gil, the Texans. I'm just answering. I'm just, answer, I'm no, just I, answering because I you but, asked. But, yeah. Gil, the Texans. Look, could the Texans cover this game? Sure. It's a 17-point line in an could. NFL game yeah. with, a to- with a total that's less than 50. But Arizona, if they want to play, is going to score 38 points in this game. You really think Houston's capable of scoring three touchdowns? Yeah, I do not. Yeah, I mean, so like, look, it's the biggest line on the board. It will be a square play for sure. But what's
6: a uh, bigger mismatch, really? Arizona, Houston, Tampa Bay, Chicago. I mean, you could make the case that Justin Fields hasn't done anything even in victory, and now he goes up against that Tampa Bay defense. That could be that could could even be a bigger uh, blowout.
7: I, I don't. I don't think so. Mm. I, I think. I think Chicago's defense has some competency to it so maybe they can slow tampa down a little bit but look i i don't I, I think arizona houston if arizona really wants to play that has the potential to be not quite what buffalo houston was a few weeks ago but pretty darn close to
6: that what about the jared goff matthew stafford dual revenge game
7: i i, I have no feel for that because it wouldn't shock me if detroit loses by a touchdown in Goff's last stand, especially after what Campbell said on Sunday. Uh, and it wouldn't shock me if the Rams just completely decimate them and Goff turns it over four times.
6: Tennessee plus four and a half against Kansas City. <clears throat> Short week for Tennessee. Does that look more appealing to you a- uh, after last night or less so?
7: I don't think they can make a total high enough in this game because you're talking about two defenses that are not particularly good you're talking about a Kansas City run defense, which is pathetic. You're talking about Derrick Henry, who is Gil. Derrick Henry might run for 2,700 yards this year. Like there is a non- Okay, if he
6: runs for 2,700, he's getting the MVP. Probably not. Come on.
7: I look. That's just that. That's not his fault. <laughs> that's just what the era is. But the, the total would be what I would look to attack contest-wise. I have no
6: clue. Well, this was, was going to the contest. We have to come up with five picks this week out of these 13 games. Five. So Tennessee almost has to be Tennessee is going to be very popular. I would imagine. You would
7: imagine if it's, especially if it's four
6: now, the jets, new England thing is interesting because you and Chrissy yesterday on guessing lines were very much on team new England in that. And I just don't know if I buy that a hundred percent because they should have gotten rolled by Dallas.
7: I, I was not nearly as high as Chris is on this. I'm just concerned that the jets can't score in this game. That's, that's my concern here. Like, New England winning the game 20-7 to 7 is a very realistic final to me here. But I don't I don't think New England's any good. And if you look at just solely the box score, New England should have lost the game by 17 points to Dallas. They should have.
6: And, I mean, Dallas had three first and goals and ended up with three points. Or was it three in the red zone and ended up with three points? Three,
7: three, three in the red zone. Yeah,
6: three in the red zone ended up with three points in the first half. The only two Wong teaser legs, and again, Stanford Wong, pseudonym, John Ferguson. Um, the only really two Wong teaser legs are the Dolphins catching eight and a half at home against the Falcons and the New York football Giants catching eight and a half against Carolina at home. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I turned my head. I looked, just give me the thumbs down. I mean, you want to run and play those two teams?
7: No, no, no. Uh, I definitely don't want Miami because I don't want that game at all. I, because, Gil, this is the first time that Miami Falcon game, this is the first time we're ever seeing a team come back from London without a bye and playing right away.
6: Yep, didn't want I have one.
7: no idea what that's going to look like. Could Miami bounce back after losing to Jacksonville and win this game? Sure. Could they get blown out because they needed to take the bye and London took a lot out of them, especially the way they lost? I could see both sides there. So I want that game less than the giant Panther game, where I would be more inclined to take the giants than the dolphins. Just because Sam Darnold has reverted back to New York jets, Sam Darnold,
6: the single most interesting to talk about this week. It pretty much is to me every week in the NFL, but really this week when the, when the slate is so terrible from a betting perspective, and there's only two long teaser legs is survivor. And this is the first week where survivor is going to be really splintered because you have all the big favorites. Again, Arizona, Christmas considerations in Circa. Tampa Bay, a lot of us have used them. Rams, again, double-digit, massive double-digit favorites against Detroit. Uh, Green Bay, almost a double-digit favorite against Washington. Some of used Green Bay, too. Then you have Baltimore and New England. New England, seven-point favorites against the Jets. Baltimore, six-and-a-half or six now point favorites against Cincinnati. So of the 13 games, what did I just list? Six of them, almost half of them are pretty big favorites. So you have six teams where I think a lot of people are going to... That's going to be relatively evenly distributed this week.
7: Well, it's all gamesmanship in in Circa Survivor now. Because, well, now it is, yeah. Because Arizona is blinking in red lights for Christmas. Yep, Because Indiana... It, assuming... Everyone is still healthy there, and the trends for these teams continues. Arizona's going to be at least a touchdown at I, home on Christmas.
6: I have had them penciled in for Christmas, penned in for Christmas, if you will, from the
7: outset. I expect Tampa to be the top pick this week. That's just me.
6: I think a lot of people have used them, though. Same with the Rams. Yeah, I don't. I, I'll be honest with you. I've given my survivor pick every week on this show. I don't know if I've decided yet. Don't know. I have used Tampa Bay. I have used Green Bay. So take those two out for me.
7: I don't think New England's a bad one either. The other four are considerations.
6: But again, I'll say what I said to Chrissy yesterday and to you yesterday on the Guessing Lines. That's why you can't grid this stuff out from before the season because after two weeks of the season, San Francisco would have been a huge survivor pick this week. Now, please, three and a half point favorites against the Colts? Touch that at your own risk. That's why now is when you have to start really gritting it out. We'll come back college football, Pete Futak, and among other things, I will finally hold him to the whole thing. You sure Mark Stoops doesn't know the spread? Next, Beeson, the Betting Network.
1: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe.
2: Mexico will likely have its first female president.
1: And then you have China.
7: just start listening.
5: The numbers game with Gil Alexander on v the sports betting network.
6: Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit v to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline over-under against the spread bets. Betting splits yet another way. Too many to list. That VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. That's VEASAN.com. Gil Alexander, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring him in from the heartland. At Pete Futak on uh, Twitter, that's F-I-U-T-A-K. College Football News, that's where he plies his trade. A trove of college football content. He's been doing it for years. Ladies and gentlemen, Peter Futak. How you doing, Pete?
5: he yeah, had the heartland i'm a man of the land around here after this i'm gonna go till the soil or something makes me sound... i mowed the lawn yesterday it's about as earthy as i get tilling
6: oh, the yeah. soil is what he is what he's gonna do all right pete uh first thing because you and i had you were the only one to give me pushback on this early in the season when i said all right it was cutesy back in the day when we picked out certain coaches like bill snyder and we're like oh he clearly knows the spread and I, I gave out the thought earlier this year. I'm like, okay, now with legalization, it's going to be yeah. more out there. And these coaches, sometimes as favorites, sometimes as dogs, we saw it earlier in the year as favorites, right? Where these teams were like, why are you trying for another touchdown? It's just going to be more out there. And so you know where I'm going with this. Mark Stoops at Kentucky, they're down 30 to seven. The spread was anywhere between 20 and a half, 21 and a half, whatever you got at it. A 22 play drive in which there was no urgency whatsoever. They're just like, yeah. We're just going to see if we're going to score here at the end. They got the ball with 11.27 left. They almost used every single second of it. They called two timeouts during the 22 play drive, including in those final seconds, third and goal at the one, to make sure they absolutely had a play. Will you acknowledge that there was some spread chicanery involved here?
5: No. Wow. Uh, and I'll tell you exactly, I'll tell you exactly why. Uh, in, in general, I, I pushed back on you before because I do think that there – maybe is a little bit something just for ego and pride. I don't think there's a betting aspect involved in this only because if there really is, and there might be, that is a massive issue in coach college coaching and it's a controversy that has to be addressed. Let me tell you why this kind of matters and that the only reason why they might've wanted to score there in theory was to keep this, the score relatively tasteful and respectable. If you look at the rest of Kentucky's schedule, if they go 11-1, and one, and they could very easily do that, considering at Mississippi State's probably their toughest game left, and their loss to Georgia wasn't that bad, I mean, it's it's a blowout. Georgia's rocking everybody. But if this was an okay score, and it was on the road, they didn't get annihilated like Arkansas did, then maybe the thought's going to be there that an 11-1 Kentucky losing to the number one overall beyond all seed on the road might be worthy of a college football playoff spot. I am thinking way too hard on this uh, and trying to think about how Mark Stoops thought other than Kentucky is not a hurry up team. It's what it does. And they wanted to keep it relatively close on this one. I I do acknowledge that there probably is something there overall on this one. I'm not going to really say it's probably a thing for Mark Stoops.
6: Wait. So what's your answer? Finally, you do think the spread was involved there or no.
5: No, I just think that they're trying to score just to make it the score better, and that's kind of what Kentucky does, and that's kind of how they do things. But in the overall sense, keeping the score relatively close matters more for the college football playoff. On this one, I would say, than the spread, but I'm going to guess that Mark Stoops, not, they just, that's just how Kentucky rolls. But yes, I'm going to say in some games, that any other game that probably would have been something, even again, it's a little bit iffy.
6: Well, Pete, I I love you for sticking to your guns on it. Let's put it that way. Uh, We will agree to disagree. It's a
5: massive What you're alleging is a humongous problem that if it's actually true and they could prove a coach is doing it for the spread, it becomes a. a
6: I am alleging it. I am alleging it, sir. I am. All right. um, All right. <laughs> I am, I am alleging it, uh, and I don't think it's that controversial. By the way, I really don't. But that's. Well, oh, just... I
5: do. You can't bet on it. Yeah. It's, it's not Pete Rose, but you can't bet if well, you're the college. Well, college no, but that's
6: coach. why that's why I brought it up at the beginning of the season because it's incumbent on betters to know which coaches seem to be aware and which coaches don't, and which of those who are aware are willing to act on it. Not, now, not in the hold on, not in the crux of the game, right when it's super duper competitive and there's wins and losses involved. I'm just talking about the last part of the game when the game has been decided and it's just a matter of covering or not. That's all I'm talking about. So I, I think it's a thing. Of that,
5: yeah, the other aspect of that, and the other uh, it, the other part of this that you mentioned before, our first example was the Kent State-Texas uh, A&M game, if I remember right, is that if you are getting blown, yes. you want to get your, your backup some real live work and just have them get actual work rather than try to come back in the game that you have no shot at doing anything against. Uh, again, Kent state, they ran the ball. It's kind of what they do. And they ran the ball better against Texas state and eminent just by anybody else, but Alabama did. So that's kind of what they do. But I, I see it here. I, I don't think it's as common as you might think, but yes, one or two, that would be a massive scandal in college sports.
6: I would be amazed if if there's a voter who's thinking about, they're like, Oh, 30 to seven versus 30 to 13. We must, we must remember that it was more competitive.
5: It is. I mean, think about it. It's, it's, at least it's, it's acceptable Or in the voters' mind, though, they might think, well, they covered. You know, at least that might be a little bit different. But it it was a respectable performance by Kentucky as opposed to being like, you know, 52 to 0 or something like where they just got absolutely annihilated.
6: All right. Rapid fire. Where's Spencer Rattler transferring to next year?
5: Uh, Boy, I would think he, if he went back home to Arizona, Jed Fish would take him certainly enough. But anywhere. I mean, how can you, I mean, go back to the Heisman thought rapid fire here. Caleb Williams, in the absence of anybody else, how is he not the Heisman favorite going forward can, if you're from the betting public? Can he's he, win, guy. It? Can
6: he win it with half a season or thereabouts?
5: Yeah. If he's the signature guy, he's the one who's, who had the signature moment. Like, look, Bryce Young has been great, but do you really remember anything that he did that said, oh, wow, there's his Heisman moment as much as Caleb Williams did to kickstart that Texas game and make the Oklahoma offense rock? If he keeps doing this from an MVP, an MOP, however you want to do it, to me, He's probably the Heisman frontrunner at that point.
6: Caleb Williams, 20-1 to 1, at BetMGM currently, which is tied for fifth in terms of the uh, shots on the board. Bryce Young, Matt Corral, CJ Stroud, Kenneth Walker uh, are shorter shots than Caleb Williams. All right, um, there's much to talk about from last week. Uh, we could go on, one of which, uh, David Bell in Kirk Ferentz's dreams, nightmares for the <laughs> next uh for the, for the next year, probably. Um, but let's go to this week because we have limited time, and it's not a like it's not the greatest late, but there are some interesting games. Nah. Pitt four point favorites versus Clemson. Wow, how the worm has turned, and I think it's justified, don't you?
5: Well, if you want to talk about Heisman right now, if yeah. anybody knew who Kenny Pickett was and who he played for, he'd probably be right there. Uh, yeah, it's justified because Clemson doesn't have any offense, and his pit defense is pretty crazy. I'm still scarred. Speaking of nightmares and dreams, is that Western Michigan went over Pitt, screwing me up on one day. Uh, but Pitt's playing great; they're playing awesome right now. But it's just in my, I can't in my DNA at this point, or I can't get rid of Clemson thinking they're going to win a a game close. They are banged up. That offense really doesn't work. It's not crazy to go with Pitt, but I kind of sheepishly going to say Clemson right now, just because I still think that banged up D is still really good.
6: All right. UCLA, Oregon, Chip Kelly bowl, UCLA one Uh, point favorites.
5: uh, Oregon. I keep, that's one of those teams. that's going to play up or down to its competition. It's played like garbage the last few weeks. Uh, But I do think this is one of those games that they step it up and say, okay, now now here's the focus moment. We're the last hope for the Pac-12. I think Oregon pulls this one out. I'm a little more sure on Oregon than I am on Clemson.
6: Uh, Bama, four. By the way, it's two now on UCLA. Two-point favorites. Bama, four touchdown favorites against Tennessee. Thankfully, the game played at a safer environment than that of Knoxville. Um, Alabama by four touchdowns. Anyway, uh, what do you think? Vols can cover this or no?
5: Yeah, that's a whole segment unto itself. Now, that's going to be a game that's going to be freaky late because Tennessee is going to get rocked, and they're going to keep bombing and bombing and bombing go a 1,000 miles an hour, and you're going to be a Bama. You're going to pick Bama, and you're going to freak out. Oh, great. These guys are going to get one of those late scores just because. Uh, that's what they do. But if Hendon Hooker isn't healthy, no. Go Bama. Joe Milton, nice guy. Bad at college football.
6: How and did Joe his, Milton not like, he, how was it? He did not know the situation. Like, come on.
5: Boy, how do you, how do you not? And that's, you know, for his sake, you're not, he's a college kid. We're not going to rip on him, but no. thank goodness for him. the other uh, stuff that happened, uh, because that would took all the focus off of oh. really one of the worst. You just, you got to get rid of the ball at that point. Uh, but that game was just crazy. Anyway, Joe Milton, he's got all the tools in the world. He might be able to bomb their way back to, the, to cover the spread. But Alabama, if Joe Milton's the quarterback, take Bama. If Hendon Hooker is able to rise up and get in this thing, I think Tennessee's probably the better play.
6: All right, 45 seconds. What game do you like the best?
5: All right, there's two machines out there right now on the opposite ends of the spectrum, and they both met. Kansas has yet to cover this year, I believe. Is that the stat? That uh, no matter what you set the line at, Kansas is going to find a way not to cover. So the Oklahoma spread at whatever it is, 38 or 39 last time I checked, which is a monster. And normal games, normal times, I would say, you walk into the stadium getting 39 points, I take it. Anything against Kansas right now, you go it, especially the Oklahoma. The other one's Coastal Carolina. Appalachian State's my team this year. I love them, the Sun Belt. They, they clunked against Louisiana last week. They're probably going to bounce back a little bit. But Coastal Carolina's covering everything. So until the streak stops, Coastal Carolina on one end, Kansas on the other.
6: God, was Appalachian State bad last week? They were that was, terrible. That was not your fault, Gil. No. It's
5: not your fault. No. Not your fault. No. That was not our fault.
6: Not our fault. Those of us who might have had a pick on Appalachian State on Pete's website. Thank you, Pete. Appreciate it.
5: There you
6: go. Pete ViewTech At Pete ViewTech, F-I-U-T-A-K. Jeff and I talk some uh, NBA next. We'll read some of your tweets. It's v A Numbers Game. The Sports Betting Network.
5: A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander on v The Sports Betting
6: Network. A special numbers game investigation reveals that the NBA season tips off today, but there's still time to grab your copy of the Veasan Pro Basketball Betting Guide. It has strategies, predictions, and best bets to stay ahead of the odds makers. Our hoops experts, including Jonathan Von Tobel, provide strategy and advice as well as predictions for conference winners, win totals, playoff teams, and player awards. This digital guide is a must-have, so give yourself a betting edge this season and get your copy now for only nine ninety-nine at Veasan.com. Slash subscribe. There's KD and James Harden on the cover. Only $9.99. Let's bookmark that NBA talk because I want to talk some NBA here with you, Jeffrey. But we get tweets at Beating the Book. And again, a whole bunch of tennis tweets, and I'll respond to those after the show. Uh, Slice and dice. Just a question, but why are we not talking about the disgraceful try to redo the Music City Miracle last night? Uh, You would think they could at least had someone uh, that could throw a football. (laughs) Hashtag fail. On primetime action last night, which I don't know if you know this, I did with Matt Brown and Kelly Bidlin on MSG Plus. I said early in the night I was just joking around. I was like, "Oh, it's the Music City Miracle Revenge game." Like so I was basically like, "I'll show myself out for the corny dad joke." And then they go ahead and do it. Vrabel calls one. It was horrific. <laughs> it was just horrific. But but nod to Mike Vrabel for having that historical sense for doing that. By the way, the original Music City Miracle, Jeff, which I believe you were. Uh, Amir a Tyke for. Do you remember the Music City Miracle?
7: No, I do not. That was uh, that the first football game I truly remember watching mm-hmm. was the Rams Titans Super Bowl. Oh wow! Later that year. Oh wow!
6: Yeah. Interesting. Uh, when you saw the Music City, the original Music City Miracle live, everyone thought there was like a, an optical sort of illusion that when Frank Wycheck threw the ball to Kevin Dyson that it was clearly a forward pass, right? We were just convinced it was a forward pass, only to have the replay show us that it was in fact not. This one yesterday did not require replay to uh, tell us that that was a forward pass. Uh, Jay, touchdown, Jesus. Would like one aspect of the Stoops spread covered. If he was purely trying to cover, why not just kick the field goal? Because touchdown, Jesus. That would be ridiculous. (laughs) It's that. Now that would be hilarious if he's like, Oh, what? I didn't know the spread. I just thought I'd kick a field goal there. He kind of wants to, you know, make it not so obvious. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see here. We'll go right down. The, oh, oh, this is a lot of people uh, responding to Pete Futak. Can't believe that he doesn't think that. Okay. He's entitled to his opinion on it. Do, 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 do. Yeah, I could read. There's a whole bunch of those. Uh, Gil Labor Day. This is from Brady Leith. Gil Labor Day weekend. Kentucky up big versus Louisiana Monroe. Lisanne Monroe scores late, will cover. However, Capitals, Kentucky and Stoops, pass, pass, hurry up. Scores in the last seconds to cover. Check it out. Very questionable. On the good side, I was laying the points. LOL. Yeah, Here you go. Jace Lake, final one. Don't understand why FUTAC thinks college football coaches trying to cover would be scandalous. Sports betting is no longer in smoke-filled back rooms. Yeah, I wasn't trying to. I, I, listen, I, I, I think that's the, uh, that's the key point of all this. What I was saying here, and I just want to be—I just want to be clear about it. We're not saying Mark Stoops bet on his team. We're just saying he was aware of the spread, and maybe just wanted to help out some of his uh, people, boosters, alumni, whatever it is. I don't—I don't think it's that—I don't think it's that controversial of a take. But you know, maybe it's just me. But yes, we're not in a smoke-filled back room anymore, so I don't think it is controversial. All right, Jeffrey, NBA tonight. Two games tonight, and then we start in earnest. No plays tonight for you. When do you start betting NBA, or do you bet tonight?
7: I, if there's an in-game opportunity tonight, I will hop in. I very rarely bet NBA pre-flop because, of all the sports, night-to-night basis can change on a dime. You don't know what effort you're going to get from Team A on, on on a night. It can be a completely different effort from them two nights from there. I don't like betting the NBA. At least sideways totals, I'll hop in, but nothing tonight. If we get an in-game opportunity, great.
6: Pre-flop ATS, I have the same opinion of of the NBA as they do the NFL. It's a bitch you guys, right? It's just like you, uh, you're not going to win long-term, generally speaking, doing that. But in-game, different story. Favorite that falls behind some of the most tried and true things over the course of NBA history, most notably when the Warriors were in their heyday. When if they fell behind, oh, it was the greatest thing in the world. How far are the Warriors behind? 19? No problem. I'll take them on the money line. They were just incredible with that.
7: Warriors' third quarter during that run uh, was, was they the would put a,
6: They would put out a certain lineup in the second quarter. That was not their most optimal lineup. They would take a little bit of a hit. Sometimes they would fall way behind, way behind just to make it interesting for themselves. Oh, so great. Anyway, do you agree with me that on the futures boards that the most interesting number is that of the Bucks, the defending NBA champions, and that at something around 9-1, to 1, that actually might be, unless you're doing some long shot, which I don't recommend in the NBA, because the NBA is always top-heavy, and it's not like, you know, there's no San Francisco Giants equivalent where some team that is supposed to be sub-500 is going to have the best record in the NBA. It just doesn't exist in the National Basketball Association. But do you agree that the Bucks at 9-1 to might be the most intriguing of those numbers to win it all?
7: Of the one on this screen, 100%. Uh, they are obviously the defending champions. It was always, they can't get over the hump. They can't get over the hump. they finally gotten over the hump. Giannis seems to have acquired a jump shot, which if that is the case, that is frightening for everyone except wow. for the Milwaukee Bucks. And look, it comes down to... It, the Eastern Conference is going to come down to the Brooklyn-Milwaukee part deux yet again this year. And who knows what those teams look like. Injuries like last year will probably play a role in who ends up making the making the championship uh, series. And whoever wins the East will probably be a favorite in the finals unless if the Lakers turn into this three-headed monster juggernaut that some think they will end up being.
6: What is the most ridiculous number? up there as we look to the 2021-22 NBA championship. Denver?
7: Denver and the Clippers.
6: I was going to say the Sixers. Like, you can't convince me that there's anything going on with that team that makes me want to bet on them. Like, oh, yeah, they crapped out again last year as the number one seed in the East, but I really want to back them this year. Does anybody have that opinion of that 16-1? to Come on. Really? Let him fall further. At any, is there, and listen, these are all championship futures. I assume there's nothing here on the second board that you would play. Although Kelly Bidlin on primetime makes the case for the Hawks. Now, two years ago, he loved the heat. They got all the way to the championship. Last year, he loved the Hawks. They really overperformed. This year, he also kind of likes the Hawks at 35-1. to And then you can mess with it in the playoffs.
7: Look, Atlanta's the only one on this board that you could even consider. Obviously, in the Eastern Conference Finals a year ago, Trey Young's only going to get better offensively. Uh, it's just a matter of how much of that was a charmed run last year. I think part of it was, but they're capable of getting back to an Eastern Conference final. Again, the big problem for a team like that is the, the chances that Brooklyn and Milwaukee end up on the same side of the bracket again, so they're meeting in the East semis instead of the East finals, yeah. are really slim, unless if Brooklyn uh, and Milwaukee suffer some injuries during the year.
6: Kevin Durant's big toe on the line. That was all that separated them in the postseason last year. Uh, okay, your favorite season wins. We had Dan Vespers on last week. He gave us eight season win totals. Drew with his four today. They matched on three of them and were oppo on one. They were oppo on the Mavericks. They matched on the Spurs, the Hornets, and what was the third one we talked about today? Spurs, Toronto. Hornets, and Toronto. Toronto, the Raptors, right. You, what
7: did you end up with? That two. Uh, Toronto. Over agreed. So you match with them again. There's even though I know the talent is less than it's been still have a great coach, still have a great organization and you're playing your games back at home again. Yes. And
6: no COVID. You can't have as many COVID outbreaks as you did last year,
7: right? You're going just based off the numbers, there's going to be less more likely. It's more likely that there are less outbreaks in Toronto than than there were last year in Tampa, especially with uh, vaccination numbers in, in Canada as well. Um, the other one that I followed Vespers on, I did like that under 51 with Phoenix. I did too.: Just because the injury luck last year, not sustainable, especially when we know what Chris Paul's history is.:
6: and that's what I said. you got the best of everything with Chris Paul last year. The chances of that duplicating at an advanced age, probably slim. Uh, and then MVP, you, you like Trey Young for MVP, you bet this? It's the only one you said you like.
7: He's the only. Look, it's a little bit different because when, you, when we're about to show, I would I don't like it at this number. I think sixteen to one is a little too short. You got what? I got at circa had thirty. Oh nice. So I took a thirty on Trey Young. Twenty five to one isn't bad uh, either. I, look, they're just
6: best advice for this market is. Just only bet a long shot now. This will fluctuate like everything. Of
7: course, I mean, yeah. look, you could have got a, you could have got Jokic double digits in, uh, well yeah. into the season last year.
6: How about Rookie of the Year? Where do you land on that?
7: Oh, I have no idea.
6: That <laughs> is that is such a. There are people who swear by Jalen Green, who swear by Cade Cunningham, who swear by Evan Mobley. Sangoon was the big summer league guy. Davion Mitchell was probably the best player in the tournament. I mean, who do you, who do you end up with here?
7: Well, if, uh, if I don't know, that's a problem. I don't, I, I would probably, Cunningham would be the guy I would, would, would say would win the award, but I don't want it at three to one.
6: Yeah, no, there's no way. There's no way. You bet this for a season long at that price. Wait for it to fluctuate, and if the train leaves the building, you know, the train leaves the station early, there's nothing you can do. Some bets you just have to let go by. Uh, always interesting, NBA to talk about. We'll try to get JBT on here tomorrow. If he's able and willing baseball. Paul Spohr next, right here on a numbers game at VEASAN, the Esports Betting Network.
1: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe.
2: Mexico will likely have its first female president.
1: And then you have China.
2: And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters.
1: He got his yo-yos
5: to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting.
0: They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the
2: market
1: as fast as they could. I'm David Gura.
2: I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Moson. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets.
1: Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse.
6: The numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN, the sports betting network. Dear ESPN, please put Malika on any show, including NFL Live, if you must. Oh, hey, we're on air. Oh, I'm sorry. Sign up today at BetMGM and enjoy the thrill of victory on your very first bet. The king of sportsbooks welcomes you to Showtime with a special offer on pro basketball. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game. If either team hits a three-pointer in the game, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VSEN200 when you make your first bet to take advantage of the offer. Enjoy basketball like never before with BetMGM's live betting options, boosted hot specials, and daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Download the app. Or go to betmgm.com and use bonus code VESA200 to win $200 in free bets. If a three-pointer is made in the game, you wager on. New customer offer, paid in free bets, eligibility restrictions apply. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Had Alexandrova this morning in tennis, Jeffrey? Plus 225 dog against uh, Anjabor. She wins the first set, 6-1, and then Anjabor quits. And at the book that I play at, that's a refund. Oh. Talks in baseball, ladies and gentlemen, from uh, the Sleeper in the Bust podcast, from Fangraphs, and of course, most importantly, twitch.tv slash Sporer, where he plays MLB, the show, as often as humanly possible, with fans abounding, watching him his every move, I should say, on that. It's Paul Sporer. How you doing, Pauly?
8: I'm well, Gil. How are you?
6: I'm doing very well. Washington Nationals hat. Oh, and tribute... To the former world champs, I'm sure.
8: To, to the team that I took a long time to give up on.
6: <laughs> a, lot, lot, a long time to give up on.
8: Let's talk it's about... A team t- that suckers me
6: regularly. Let's talk about a team uh, this postseason that we've been slow oh, no. on the draw, and that would be the Boston Red Sox. You texted me last night as they were uh, forging themselves another 9 to nothing lead, and you, and you sort of spoke for both of us when you said... Uh, man, are they looking? Are they making us all look kind of dumb? I just, uh, I the Braves and the Red Sox of all the teams. I remember when we would talk on the run up to the postseason. I even asked you once. I'm like, hey, the Braves and the Red Sox are the two teams I never talk about. Shouldn't we be? We were just like, yeah. What do you make of this? This nine to nothing in consecutive games. One they hold on for a nine to five win in game two against the Astros. The other twelve to three. Two grand slams in game two. One in game three. Is None. I'll ask you the same thing I asked Mark Borchardt earlier. Is there any reason to believe, with the Astros' pitching, fakta situation, that this is going to change?
8: It's hard. It's hard to see now at this point. And the only thing I'll say, uh, you know, if they win the series, I'm gonna I'm gonna eat it. Obviously, because I've been against Boston the whole way, and um, I just want to make sure that the critiques when they come in. Are clear that I never said a thing about their offense. That's and I know right. this sounds like somebody who's wrong <laughs> just trying to flail as they sink under the water, but it's true. I've always acknowledged that they have a great offense because they do. I just didn't think they had enough pitching to hold up uh, or that that offense could excel to this level against Houston's pitching. Well, things have obviously greatly changed. Houston's pitching uh, is leaking left and right. Luis Garcia uh, pitching terribly and then leaves, you know. I'm not here to question how hurt he is I'm just saying they probably uh, made sure that uh, hey you're really not feeling well you're going to come out hurt because he's been pitching so poor maybe he was pitching hurt the whole time but he's had a really rough playoff uh, Lance McCullers already out coming in those are two big legs chopped out from what I thought was the strength uh, of Houston over Boston which was a massive pitching advantage now we're kind of drawing even here all of a sudden and that's the crazy part to me is how quickly things can change and we've talked about this over the course of our time talking baseball, how quickly the uh, uh, pitching depth can be eroded. And it took two big injuries to decimate it for them. Uh, Garcia looks like he's out, and, and McCullers is definitely out for this series. And boom, all of a sudden, they're scrambling. And then Urquidy gets smoked and leaves two innings in, Oof. and now you're just fumbling. And it's, it's bad news. All around. So, this Red Sox offense, never question it. It's amazing. Their pitching is stepping up, though, and I want to give credit there because that has been a major concern for me. And I've been proven wrong uh, through these three games, e- even the one they lost, that their pitching has been pretty strong. And, um, you know, on that one, what, what, what can I say besides I've been wrong on that? I still cannot rule out Houston completely, but if you're Boston, you got to be feeling excellent about your lot in life.
6: Yeah, and so that, that begs the question then, Houston down two games to one. By the way, they're plus 115 dogs tonight in game four with Granke on the hill against Pavetta, but really what I want to ask you about is the adjusted series price. Mm-hmm. With them down two to one, given all that we just talked about, as tempting as it is to bet the Astros at plus 185, would you?
8: Yeah, I think I still would. I still think that's an appealing enough number. And again, they are still down just 2 one. Yeah, And those two games that they got crushed in, those are painful. And I don't want to say that it's just one game they lost and whether the deficit is large or small, it's just one L because there are resounding impacts from those losses because of how much they've had to tax the bullpen. So those aren't like uh, a normal loss where your starter goes five, your bullpen gets beat up a bit in those final four innings, and, and you lose by six or seven. Those have been harder because of how quickly the the starter's been out. So they have a little bit residual impact for sure, but I still see them at two one good enough team. They have just as good of an offense so if they can turn up their offense. Then we could get some slugfest here. We could be watching 12, 11 games. I still have some questions about, uh, about Boston's pitching. Pavetta is a home run machine. It can go South tonight. So yeah, I would still take Houston there. I'm not completely deterred, deterred by, uh, by, by this two, one deficit at that number, particularly
6: interesting. And then the Dodgers who are down not two to one, but two to nothing Mm -hmm. in their best of seven NLCS. Uh, They are big favorites tonight with Bueller on the Hill, minus 182 favorites uh, in that game, number three tonight, which, quite frankly, I think is probably a little too high. But for the series-adjusted price, we're showing minus 175 here on the screen uh, at VEASAN. For the series, the Dodgers now down two to nothing. You can get them at roughly, and you always have to shop around for these. We're showing plus 140 at BetMGM, but you can get it for a tick above that in some other spots. Would you... Let's put it this way. Let's play. Would you rather? Would you rather have the Astros down two to one at plus one eighty-five, or would you rather have the Dodgers down two to nothing at roughly plus one
8: fifty? Let's call it. Dodgers all day. Yeah. Um, you, you know the the adage. I didn't make it up, but it's it's the one that I always learned from my dad. Series doesn't start till the home team loses. Right now, the Braves have held serve, which credit to them. A lot of us probably thought that they would catch a split uh, and maybe even lose both to the Dodgers in Atlanta, but they've held serve. Dodgers are fine. I'm not too worried about them. I take them. I would hammer that number to be honest, really? Wow. Yeah. And it's not, it's not an anti Braves take. It's yeah. more of a pro Dodgers take with where they're at. I don't think that they're in a situation where it's particularly bleak, but again, you see the two Oh, and it feels that way. But if they're at home, they're at home now, they hold their serve and they're fine so yeah i would definitely take that number with the dodgers way over the astros one because yeah. again the 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 furthering impacts of those early games uh, of those early starter exits for houston that's what worries me here they've got no length so they could still be feeling that tonight and and tomorrow's game too so that's that's my concern there
6: i think i agree with you 100 percent that the dodgers is the one if i didn't have a dodgers futures ticket which i did for march and I even said in March when I got it at plus 385 for them to win it all. I'm just going to put it away in account. I'm going to remember it in October and be happy I have it. I think if I didn't have that, if I didn't have that ticket, I would, I would absolutely jump in on the Dodgers at this price currently as well. I agree with everything you've said here. Though let me just ask this one thing about the Dodgers. Do you think Davey Roberts has gotten way too cute with the pitching?
8: Oh yeah, the areas call and you know it was first guessing it's not second guessing try to be somebody that looks at the process not just the results. I didn't like that move in general. Why would you risk game Four? Well, like, what's what's the upside there of risking the game four start the way he, he did by, by kind of pushing Arias there? I didn't like that coming in. I thought that that was a little bit too much, and obviously it burnt them in a big way there. Uh, they kind of got the worst outcome of that, and now we'll see what happens. But yeah, it, that's the, he deserves to be questioned there for sure.
6: Okay, let me play a hypothetical. Let's say the Braves win tonight. Say the Braves mm-hmm. win and they go up three to nothing in a best-of-seven series. Obviously, the Boston Red Sox Famously, the only team to have done this, uh, to have erased a three to nothing deficit in a best of seven against the Yankees so many years ago, in maybe you know the most memorable non World Series, one of one of the more memorable non series postseason series, uh, all of us as baseball fans would ever remember. Would you sure. be would you be willing to bet the Dodgers at an even more inflated plus money price down three to nothing in a best of seven?
8: I'd have to know how they lose tonight because they've lost two walk-offs like these are these are razor yeah. razor close margins here and i think that does matter it's not like they're getting stopped you know the boston houston dynamic is a lot different right now right because we're watching them just get hammered uh by by the red sox so we're feeling really down on houston not that t- not that down on the Dodgers if they lost another close one tonight i would at least entertain it and the number would be astronomical i wouldn't be saying hammer it pretty much regardless of what the number is because 30 is so difficult but i'd be open to it if it was another close loss tonight where i felt like hey they're still right there and you're getting what well, what would it be like 3 and a quarter would it be higher than that 500 yeah probably yeah so i mean it would be some astronomical number that I would at least look to maybe put like one unit on. But this one, the one where it is currently at two Oh, uh, it's a multi-unit bet for me.
6: I'm with you. I'm with you again. I have the the future sticking to pollute my thinking, but if I didn't have it, I'd absolutely jump in on that. Paul. Thank you. Should be fun tonight and beyond. We'll talk next week. Sounds great. Go take care. Paul Spore, everybody at Spore S P O R E R on Twitter. And again, twitch.tv slash Spore. Have you uh, checked him out when he's playing video games, Jeff? Oh, uh, they love that man. Most likable dude on Twitch. All spore. Good luck for all your bets. With all your bets. Lombardi line next right here at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars for is